Welcome to Cleats and Cocktails. I'm Taniella. And I'm Meg. This week's episode of Cleats and Cocktails is brought to you by Pinot Grigio. Uh, today we are drinking a Santa Margarita Pinot Grigio, which is an Italian wine. Um, it's my personal favorite Pinot Grigio, maybe even white wine. Um, my opinion is that it's not too sweet, not too dry. Um, it's a little fruity, and I just think it's really nice. Can we talk about how, like, between the two of us, neither of us can properly describe wine? Yeah. Like, at I all? I just can't. Every time I we mean, go I wine- can, like, make up goofy, like, it's got hints of this and zests of that. But, like, that's not real. Yeah. <laughs> I just think of all the times we go wine tasting and they're like, you'll find that it ends on, like, a crisp pear finish. And you and I are like, we drank it already. Yeah. Like, she gone. She gone. <laughs> yeah. uh, but one other perk to this wine, in my opinion, is that it has a cork. And I'm really into wines that have corks rather than screw tops because they just feel a little fancier and I just like to use a corkscrew. Although the one I used today was mediocre at best and yeah. I struggled pretty hard. But Can you tell that I don't buy wine that requires a cork? Yeah. Because my corkscrew doesn't work. There you go. So just going to top off Taniella's glass here. Here we go. <laughs> for full effect. <laughs> yeah, for full wine drinking effect. Um, okay, so this week's agenda, we are going to be doing Pick 6 News Stories, as always. Um, and then we've got a bunch of new segments coming up. We're continuing with the trend of giving you guys a little bit of something different in 2019. So the first thing we're going to talk about is called what we're calling 10 Things I Hate About Sports. Because the reality is, as much as we love sports, we sometimes really hate the things that sports do. So sometimes they're stupid rules or whatever. So we're going to touch on a couple of things like that. Um, and then because last week was really sports heavy, we feel like we need to balance it out just a smidge with a little bit of pop culture. So we're going to do um, a little bit of pop culture and then we're going to jump into what we're calling Movie Minute in preparation for Oscar season. Um, we're each going to <laughs> attempt to describe a movie we watched for Oscar season in under a minute. Yep. It should be um, an interesting challenge since neither of us are very uh low i'm not gonna be able to say this in a nice way like neither of us are short-winded yeah like the opposite <laughs> of long-winded right neither of us are that Six we're both long-winded <laughs> yeah <laughs> anyways moving on <laughs> <laughs> okay jumping into our uh news stories for the week so um, just to stay on trend, we will start with uh, the NFL. Yep. And so we're, again, fully into playoffs here. Um, this past weekend, there were four playoff games, two on Saturday, two on Sunday. Um, so on Saturday, we had Kansas City playing Indianapolis in Kansas City. Um, it was a bit of a snowy game. So, a little bit. Yeah, so people weren't really sure what to expect going in just because that can obviously mean that there's just a lot of struggles when that happens. They can't really run the ball that great, but then they they also can't really either. throw the ball that great because they can't hold it that well. So anyways, Kansas City won. Um, it was a bit of a blowout. Yeah. It was like Indy just didn't really stand a chance from the start. No, they looked like a completely different team than the one before. Yeah. The week before. Than the week before, yeah. They had been like kind of amping up. People were like thinking mm-hmm. like maybe, you never know. But totally. Yeah, no, it was terrible. So that happened. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then the Rams um, sent the Cowboys home. So Dallas. Bye-bye. Dallas played in LA and uh, the Rams kicked their booties. And they are out. They basically performed exactly how I expected. Like, that game had literally no surprises. Yeah. So, hi bye to the Cowboys. Yep, see you later. Um, so then moving on to the Sunday games, we had the uh, LA Chargers playing the Patriots at home. Um, and if you'll all recall from last week, the one thing I didn't want is for the Patriots to be in the Super Bowl, and they won this game. 
the Chargers, like, were just not even there. I don't even like. understand. I felt like I was watching a completely different team. Yeah, it was like, bad. This, like, the LA Chargers have been so good all year, and they just could not do shit against the Patriots. Yeah. I'm so mad. Yeah, it was bad. It wasn't even a close game. Like, I mean, no. me and Tiniella both basically stopped watching it borderline after halftime. It was awful. Because by halftime, it was already such a blowout. Just miserable. Yeah, it was really bad. It was, yeah. It wasn't even fun. Like, at least if it's close and then they lose, I'm like, okay, wow. Like, that was such a good game. Yeah, it was a real heartbreaker. Yeah. No, it was just... None of the above. Terrible. Yeah. And then the uh, afternoon game on Sunday was the Philadelphia Eagles playing uh, in New Orleans against the Saints. And uh, wasn't looking great at the start. I was no. a bit nervous. This, the Eagles were up 14 nothing yeah. in the first quarter. Yeah. And I was just kind of thinking, oh, this is not great. I mean, we were furiously texting each other. Yes, being we like, were. What is happening today? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was not good. But uh, the Saints turned it around. And yeah. basically in the second quarter, I think, got a touchdown. And then the second half, they basically just dominated. And they were on fire, and it was great. So the Saints are moving on. So basically, uh, our predictions from last week were that it would be an LA-LA final (laughs) and a Chiefs and Saints final. So three out of four of those teams made it through. Yeah. I mean, I said before that LA was really the underdog team that I, or the Chargers were. The Chargers, yeah. Um, So, I mean, I can't be surprised that they lost. I really just, I was really hoping they'd take the Patriots out. I think after that, I wouldn't have cared if they lost. Yeah. Yeah, so now we really have to rely on Kansas City to beat the Patriots this coming weekend. I hope that's a good game. Yeah. Like, in theory, that should be a great game. But in then theory. again, I thought the Chargers-Patriots game was going to be good. So, But the Patriots are going to be playing in Kansas City, right? Yeah, because Kansas, playing at home. Kansas City was higher seats yes. going in. So, And then um, the L.A. Rams will be playing in New Orleans. So, fingers crossed. Be such a fun game. Fingers crossed that the Saints come out of that. For me, that's what I would prefer. Of the two um, games, I would definitely say if you had to choose, I would go with the Saints-Rams game. Like to like, watch? Yeah, because I feel like that yeah. one's just going to be so much fun. And I think both games are on Sunday. Okay. I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I'm okay with that. I like just like a marathon of football versus like spreading it out over multiple days. Yeah. And um, I'm going to be in the Dominican, so I'm hoping that they're going to have the NFL games on their TVs, or we're just going to be furiously monitoring the score app to see what's happening. Oh my like, god. Yeah. They're going to drain their Wi-Fi trying to watch. I know. So I'm really hoping that they just um, have the games on. You should um, just like go to the sports bar, and if they don't have a sports bar, then go to the concierge and just like beg and plead yeah. until you find them. Yeah. Yeah, I just confirmed that they are both on Sunday, so it's a 4 p.m. game and then a 7.40 game. Why with the weird minutes? Yeah, I don't really know. Is that so they can spend 15 minutes doing America the Beautiful? Probably, if I had to guess. And then fly some planes over? <laughs> and make a big spectacle? <laughs> and throw some fireworks in the air? Like, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, so that's kind of where we're at with the NFL right now. So um, we'll see where it goes. Um, okay, so jumping into tennis. Um, the, we are officially in, in theory, the beginning of the tennis season. In actuality, they literally never stop playing, which mm-hmm. is unfortunate. But this is the first tournament of the year. It's the Australian Open. It's played in Melbourne. Um, right at the height of their summer, oh, and boy. I think that Melbourne is like Australia is having a really hot summer this year. Mm-hmm. So, and um, most of the stadiums, actually, I think all the stadiums are uncovered, so people just like literally roast alive. Wow, like it's so bad. Like sometimes in even like really marquee matchups, people like can't sit in the stands because it's just so bad. But wow. the players are just out there dying. Yes. Um, anyways, so 
Aussie Open is has just started. It started a couple of days ago. We're in like the round of I think it's like 128. So it's very preliminary. And the way that tennis is structured, so just to give a quick overview, because Meg was asking me a couple questions earlier. Um, tennis is set up like a bracket, the way that college basketball March Madness is, or something like that, where you you're paired up against an opponent. If you win, you move on. If you lose, you go home. So, and you just keep scaling it back and back and back until the very fun, the end, which is the finals. So even this far out at the round of 128 people, if you lose your game, you're just that's done. That's it. Wow. You're done. So cutthroat. Oh yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> because like, that's the best part of like early round tennis. Like there's a lot of matches no one gives a shit about, but there's a couple times where like massive upsets happen where like unseated players, meaning that they're ba- they're not even ranked. They're so far down in the like world rankings um beat somebody that's really high up and it's just it's great and sends them home exactly so like those key big players that you know about like the williams sisters yep. and like um what's the guy's name who's big in tennis Federer. Roger Federer. yeah so like those people are playing matchups all the way along and like the if way. they happen to lose one game that's they it. would just be gone the other thing about tennis is that you you earn the way you earn your ranking in tennis is how many points you earn per tournament so there's a certain number of designated points for a tournament and the further you get is the more points you earn for it and that's Um, added to your like overall which keeps you in a certain ranking um, but the thing is that the year after when you go to play that tournament again if you don't match or better your previous score you lose points from that so it can totally affect your ranking. If you won the tournament last year and then go out in like the second round the year after, you lose a, like thousands of points from it or hundreds of points from it. Wow. So, so these big tennis um, tournaments yeah. are all worldwide. Yes. Like there would be people from all over the world. Yes. Okay. So there's four major tournaments. Those are called the Grand Slams. Right. Um, and then they're ranked below. Like So you have like your four Grand Slams, which are the Australian Open, which is in January. Um, Roland Garros or the French Open which happens in May and that's on a clay court Um, then you have Wimbledon in June um, in England on grass court and then you have US Open in September which is the last slam of the year and that's on hard court Aussie Open's also on hard court Um, so those ones are worth the most amount of points and then there are other tournaments below that like rankings like so there's like a kajillion tournaments a year you just have to enter a certain number of them in order to like keep your ranking right um so there's other ones that are like more minor and that they don't earn you as many points but they still contribute to your overall right okay um so yeah the canadians to watch in this tournament are um denis shapovalov who they call el chapo um milos raunich uh, Bianca Andrescu, who we talked about, I think, last week about mm-hmm. her historic run. Mm-hmm. And then Jeannie Bouchard, who is basically an Instagram model at this right. point. Um, so Has she already been playing, Jeannie? I think so. I think they've probably both played. I didn't get any notifications that they were upset, so oh. that's so probably good. Either that or they haven't played yet. Right. Um, so one of the big upsets that actually just happened today is that Andy Murray, who is probably the best player that England has seen in, like, decades, um already lost in the first round Mm. and it's really unfortunate because Andy Murray is like a total gem he's like a self-proclaimed feminist like totally into like women getting paid the same as men for payouts and tournaments like he's a gem um he won England their first Wimbledon in like god knows how long Mm. so he's had like a a great run that has been horribly marred by injury I think he had a hip surgery last year a year and a half ago and came back and then still wasn't quite himself he actually announced this a uh, couple weeks ago that he's going to be retiring at the end of this year mm. but with the rate he's going i wouldn't be surprised if he never played again after this mm. it's so sad that's too bad yeah you Tiniella mentioned that earlier that he um 
lost in the first round, but I was just thinking like, oh, well, like he'll just play someone else. It's fine. Yeah, but no. No, he's gone. He's gone. Okay. Yeah, it's really harsh. That's the thing that like I think when you get into tennis, because tennis is kind of like it seems so like boring and white, so, <laughs> you know, but like you actually get into it. Like that person who wins that each Grand Slam has to get through so many rounds of people. It's just you on the court. You're not allowed to be coached. Right. You can't have anybody helping you. Um, you don't even really get a timeout. You get a quick break in between sets, and then it's just you figuring it out. So it's right. a huge mental game. A huge portion of it is, like, keeping your shit together. And you have to be better than literally every other person in the world. Wow. It's crazy. Um, okay, so my vote is that we do, like, a brief um, tennis what's the call mixed into our news stories right now so that you can break down a little more tennis rules okay because although I now better understand the tournament like I still don't really get the scoring okay and the sets and the matches and the whole thing yes so the best way to describe so this is actually a totally valid question because when I first started watching tennis I was like why in the fresh hell it does it go 0 15 30 40 right this makes absolutely no sense so and also if you ever notice they don't ever call something zero they call it love oh right yeah so look this up a little while ago, and apparently the word love is based on the French word love, like egg. Oh. So, and because an, a zero looks like an egg, that's what they've, apparently is how they all devolved into calling it love. Wow, that's very convoluted. I don't know why. And random. I feel like a zero is an entirely sufficient way to I feel it. like although you're going to explain this to me, I'm still going to leave it feeling like it doesn't make sense. Like I may like understand why it's happening, but I still may not agree with it going from zero to 15 to 30 to 40. If it went to 45, I maybe I'd be more on board because yeah. it's up by 15s, but no. Anyways, so none on. of it makes any sense. Um, okay. I think it's just like, it's one of those things that I think it's been done like this for so long that mm-hmm. they just don't bother to change it at this point. I don't know why it just doesn't even go zero, one, two, three, four. Anyways, so the way that tennis is structured is you have points, which are zero, 15, 30, 40. Right. And then from points, you go to games. From games, you go to sets. And sets, you go to the match. So okay. the, you basically hop through them as you earn more of them. Everything is cumulative. So in order to score a game, you have to get, you have to be the first person to go from zero to 15 to 30 to 40. And after you, like, when you pass 40, you win the, the game. Okay. So you basically have to out-rally the other person, whether you make them miss the ball, right. whether they hit it into the net, whether the ball double bounces before they can hit it, or right. if they hit it out of bounds. Okay. So if you can do that faster or more, to, like, faster than your opponent can do it to you five times, then you win the game. Okay, now one more question. If you are at 40 and your opponent is at 30, yes. do you have to win by a certain amount to win the game? Or you no. just have to be the first one to get over 40? So 40-30, you can win without having to do anything more than that. If it goes to 40-40, it's called a deuce, and then you have to win by two. So what happens is you'll see the score say 40-40, and it'll, then it'll literally switch to deuce. And then what happens is the person serving, you have to win two times, or the other person. You have to either, um, the first time you win at deuce, it goes to called advantage. So it'll basically just like, if you ever look on the screen, it'll have no scores. It'll just say the person's name with an ADV, and then the other person will have a blank, which means that they are, all they need to do is win again Right, like immediately after. Yes. Right. Win another point, and then they win the game. Okay. If they don't, and the other person gets it, it goes back to deuce. And then they have to go and do it again. Okay. So you can spend like a kajillion years on deuce if you keep not letting the other person score two in a row against you. Okay. And you have to get over 40. Yes. 
to win it. Like, yes. once you hit 40, you need another point yes. to be... And what's that last point called? That's the game. Oh, uh, the game. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay, I'm into it. So then once you score a game, then it resets and you start again, and the okay. other person serves. Okay. And then what was the next thing after game that you said? A set. Okay. So you have to score six points in a set to win it. That's why you usually see when um, tennis sets come up, it'll say, like, they won 6-4, 6-3, 6-5, or 6-4, um, because you have to win six points to win the set. Six points to win the set. Yes. And once you win the set, you have to either win a best of three sets if you're a woman and a best of five if you're a guy. To win the match. To win the match. Okay, wait, but I'm still stuck on sets. So I get the game. Yes. And that gives me one point? One. Okay, so then I need six of those. Yeah. Okay, wow. So that could go on for a while. Yeah. Like, how long, on average, does a tennis match take? It all depends. If the person, if somebody's really dominant, like, the early stages, you'll find the guys will win in three sets, and it'll be, like, 6-1, 6-0, meaning their opponent only scored or won one game against them. Right, okay. So, but in the later sets, like, sometimes you'll watch matches, like, if it's the one and two seeds playing each other in the finals, there have been games that have been over three hours. Or, sorry, <laughs> matches that have been over three hours. Wow. It's brutal. It's absolutely brutal. Um, the other thing to note is that you never call tennis a game when you're referring to the whole thing. It's always called a match because game means something different in oh, tennis. Oh, true. That's a good point. So that's why if you ever hear like something referred to as a game in tennis, it doesn't have to do with the actual like full match. It has to do with that specific set that they're playing in. Right. Okay. Okay, I think that makes a little more sense. I still don't really buy into the scoring of, like, Neither the 0, I. 15, 30, 40. Literally makes no sense. Yeah, doesn't. But, whatever. Um, I, can, I can kind of comprehend the rest. So maybe, so like I said, I'm in Dominican for a week, but when I come back, which is the 23rd of January, that'll be, like, when they're Semi-finals, nearing... finals. Yeah, so maybe I will try to force myself to watch them. You or should. Or it's just, like, it's... What, do we know what time of day it's on? It's usually on pretty late because it's the Aussie, so around like 10 or 11 at night is when some of the matches are on. Some of them are on at like 3 in the morning, so you'll get okay. a replay in the morning. Okay. TSN will usually play it. So yeah, ten, even 10, 11 at night is beyond my bedtime. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe commit to watching some highlights. And yeah, then, or maybe I'll just PVR it, and then that yes. way I can like skip through it if it's getting boring, but I'll like at least get the gist, and yeah. I can skip commercials and stuff. And then it gets easier, like Roland Garros, the French Open, and Wimbledon are way better time zones. Right, because they're only like five or six hours away. Yeah, exactly. And then obviously the US Open is our time zone. So. Yes. Cool. Yeah, it's super okay. cool. Tennis is actually really great. I would encourage anyone to watch it. It's like the best tennis you'll ever see in your life too right now. It's just really good. Sweet. Okay. Well, hopefully everybody learned a little bit there, because I did. So. Sorry if that was convoluted. Trying to explain it sounds very strange. Yeah, but I feel like I get the gist, so hopefully everyone else does. <laughs> Um, okay, moving on. So uh, back to NFL news briefly. Um, in the LA Chargers and New England Patriots game on Sunday, there was the first ever female NFL playoff referee, whoop, whoop. which was so, super cool. Her name's Sarah Thomas. Yes, girl. Um, so she was actually the first woman to ever referee a major college football game, so um, like a bowl game. Oh. Um, and then she was the first full-time um, NFL official um, um, she got hired in 2015, um, and I believe she continues to still be the only one who's full-time, like a full-time ref in the NFL. I can't, they, no one's made mention that she's like the second or third to be full-time, so I'm assuming so. She she definitely was the first, but I just don't I haven't think heard of there's, else. yeah, exactly, okay. yeah. 
Um, so yeah, so pretty cool. So it was her first chance to um, officiate a playoff game. So good for her. Um, I was reading some information about the NFL and like with respect to women and stuff. And I just thought some of it was pretty cool. So I thought I would share it. Um, so it's saying here, and I guess I don't really know how legitimate, well, CNBC. So whatever that is. Um, they are saying that women comprise roughly half of the NFL's fan base, which is kind of surprising to me, I'm sure to most people. Yeah. Um, that they make up about a third of fantasy sports players. Also That's amazing. Yeah. And that they feel that they're an integral part to the NFL league growth. Well, yeah. I mean, think about it. Like, NFL is constantly terrified that their ratings are going to go down. And, yeah. like, registration in kids football's already down they're worried about the decline it makes sense that like you you at some point have to target the female audience because it's continuously growing there are more and more women fans and the fact like a third of fantasy sports players are women that's amazing that is amazing so yeah it's pretty cool and it's saying here too that between 2009 and 2013 that female viewership went up 26 percent which is huge while male viewership went up by 18 percent so it still went up but not by as much hmm. so it seems like i mean also it probably started at a higher amount than yeah, the women viewership did right so that makes sense but yeah so there's still never been a women head coach or general manager of any team yeah. um so maybe one day and maybe. when that comes it'll be cool um, and apparently women make up about a third of league employees. So, I mean, still obviously on the low end, but at least they've got some in there. It's just a matter of I no idea what positions they're in yeah, or what they're doing. Yeah, that would be my question. Like, what positions do these women hold? I mean, yeah. whatever. At this point, we have to get our foot in the door, as we do with all other male-dominated areas and spaces. Yeah. So, go women. Yeah. Keep pushing. Yeah. So, yeah, just wanted to share that tidbit because that's super cool for Sarah Thomas. Yeah, I'm really proud of her. Mm-hmm. And, like, okay. I don't see why women can't ref in the NFL. They literally, it's completely non-contact. And also, how many of the refs look, like, wildly out of shape in the NFL? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. One thing I also read that I wasn't going to mention, but, I mean, I might as well. Um, that's, like, kind of unfortunate. I mean, it is what it is. But she had a whole thing about how she tucks her ponytail up into her hat so mm-hmm. that you can't see her ponytail hanging out. Because she, like, doesn't want something else to, like, differentiate her, like, clearly. Uh, if she's got a ponytail hanging out the mm-hmm, back of her hat, then, mm-hmm. like, clearly she's a woman. And it just, like, isn't something else to, like, point out. Whereas if she tucks it up into her hat, you can't see it. So she'll just, like, blend in more. God, isn't that... It's like Mulan having yeah. to dress up as a boy to be accepted. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I get it. Like I do, too. But it just, like, kind of sucks. But yeah. Whatever. So. All right. Well, cheers to you, girl. Yeah. Keep paving the way for all of us. Um, okay. Jumping into hockey news. Very brief this week. Um... The big news is that Canada's women under 18 hockey team won gold in their world championship. That's awesome. Uh, Yeah, it's amazing. Ask me where any of us could have watched it. No idea. Oh. It was literally on no channels, at least as far as I knew. And I watched a hell of a lot of sports this weekend. Hmm. Where was this championship? It was overseas. Okay. So it could have been a time change issue, depending. But you'd think they'd at least replay it. Yeah, I think that's my issue. Like, why was curling on three channels? Not that I hate curling, because, like, you oh know... God, yeah, we should do some curling talk. We actually day. should. It's like, aren't we in the midst of that right we now? There are, like, six major tournaments. Maybe. I think they are. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like, no no hate on curling, but if you get to play curling and motoring TV in the middle of the afternoon, could you not put a replay on of the Canadian women? Right. Anyways, I will focus on the good parts of this, which are, A, we beat the U.S. in overtime, and, B... 
the fact that we are this good at the under 18 only means that we're going to be that much better later. Yeah. That's what I like to see. It means totally. that we have a strong grassroots organization continuing. Our women are going to be fantastic next, like, because they're under 18 now, which means they're going to definitely be old enough to play in the Olympics next time. Right. And the Winter Olympics will be three years from now, because we had one last year, right? Yeah. So it'll be 2022. Yeah. Okay. So, so good for like, the women. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Great. That's all I need to mention. We don't need to talk about anything else in male hockey this week. Nah. We'll just live it for the women. Yeah. Um, okay. So moving on, I've got some interesting news on this college athlete. His name is Kyler Murray. Um, he actually plays baseball and football and did throughout high school. I did a little bit of research into him. Apparently his dad was um, in the NFL. And his uncle was an MLB player. Oh. So it seems like he's got, like, some good family genes going on. So wait, how did you get on this subject? So it came up on um, my TSN Instagram. Oh. Like, the TSN uh, Instagram page. Yeah. His name came up, and I had heard, I feel like Greg mentioned him before. He was on, like, Sports Center or something before, and I heard his name, and we kind of started talking about him. So essentially, yeah, he plays both sports, like not that uncommon when you're a teenager, yep. but um, he also was like very good at both sports. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't have all of the stats out in front of me, and but he basically won these like huge awards as a high schooler for both football and baseball. And it was like the first time anyone had ever done that. Like he That's was just wild. Yeah, it was crazy. So basically in 2015, which is when he graduated high school, he was a top prospect for the MLB at that time. But wow. then he opted out of the draft so that he could go to uni- like to college. Mm-hmm. And so he signed with uh, or agreed to go to Texas A&M. Um, so he went and he was the backup quarterback when he first went in 2015. Um, and so he like played a little bit here and there. The guy he was backing up, I've never heard of him. I think he might be in the NFL, but like as a backup, I can't think of his name right now. Mm-hmm. But he's certainly not a starter in the NFL. So okay. he wasn't great. And so he played like a couple games here and there. And then for some reason in December, he decided he was going to transfer the following year to University of Oklahoma. Okay. So I don't know why that happened, but it did. And so what that meant is he was ineligible to play any more sports the remainder of that year. So he couldn't play in the baseball season at all. Oh. So he never actually played baseball for them. Is this NCAA? rules yes oh god so then their other so the ncaa transfer rules if you transfer colleges is that you're ineligible to play for a full year the first year you get to where you're going so for the 2016 season he could play no sports at all and so then in 2017 he played um football as a backup quarterback so I guess I don't know if I mentioned that he was a quarterback he's a quarterback so he was a backup quarterback for Baker Mayfield actually who's the Cleveland, the Browns, Cleveland quarterback. Browns quarterback exactly um and so Baker was obviously pretty good he won mm-hmm. the Heisman that year which is the trophy for like the best um fo- like college football player yeah so he won that that year so he was obviously playing most games so Kyler didn't really get much of a chance to play um but he played a little bit and then he played for them um for foot um sorry for baseball he's a center fielder so oh. he played for their baseball team that year And so then in June of 2018, he actually got drafted into the MLB by the Oakland A's. Oh. Um, So this is like last year, whatever, 2018. While he's still in school. While he's still in school. Hmm. So so he gets drafted by them and he signs this like $4.6 million signing bonus. But then they agree that he can still play football like because he's still finishing college, right? And even if he were to go to the MLB, he'd be playing in like the minors. minors. Like he wouldn't be playing for them yet anyway. So they agreed to just let him carry on with college and play college football for this season. So he's then, this is his first season actually starting and Mm -hmm. he just has a huge season. He ends up winning the Heisman. 
And so now he's like potentially a top prospect for the NFL draft. And so now... The Oakland A's are just crying. Yeah. So they're basically like meeting with him, trying to like coerce him into like not going into the draft for the NFL. But then really, I don't think there was... Obviously, there wasn't anything he signed in his Oakland A's contract for the MLB to say that he couldn't go into the NFL draft. So then today was his day he had to decide. And so he put himself as eligible for the NFL draft. Oh, so, man. Want, want to the Oakland A's. Yeah. Oh. So he's, like, he's not a big guy. He's, like, five foot ten and 195 pounds. Not huge for a typical football player. No. And so I think, like, the MLB writers, like, the senior people at the MLB were saying, like, Oakland wouldn't have really been worried about him being, like, a top prospect because he's so small. Oh. So it's not like that would have been top of mind. And so then he ends up having this killer season. And now, like, who knows what's going to happen. Oh, God. So they just, like, literally were like, oh, that's cute. Sure. Go play football. Yeah, have yeah. some fun. Yeah, exactly. Oh, no. Yeah. So then what's been brought up is that there were actually these two players back in the late 80s, early 90s, um, Bo Jackson and um, Deion Sanders, who played both. So they would, like, go and play baseball, and when the baseball season ended in, like, October, they would just show up for their team for football and just play football. But this is, I guess, back when MLB was bigger than the NFL, and so the coaches were more, like, agreeable and everyone was just fine with it now i can't see that they would be fine with it there's literally no chance the nfl will let you go play in the mlb no like i just don't see how that would happen so he's obviously gonna have to make a choice like either he's gonna make whatever he's making with oakland and end up being in the minors for a bit for them like he's not gonna go straight to the major league yeah typically draft choices don't go straight to the uh, majors no whereas if he gets drafted by the nfl and he gets drafted high and he goes to a team that like needs a quarterback he could Mm -hmm start playing in theory within one to two years and be making a lot of money if he's going to be a starting quarterback. So, but then like your longevity of how long you can play for a bit different in both sports. Like, I don't know. Baseball has quite a long career. Yeah. Wow. So I don't know. I thought it was pretty interesting. So yeah, I mean, most of that's just kind of happening right now. So who knows? Like the the, um, NFL draft isn't until I think like May. April, May? Yeah. Something like that? Yeah. So, I mean, we probably won't really know much until that time comes, but I'm sure there'll be a ton of talk and speculation before then, so we'll keep everyone updated. But, um, yeah, so, again, his name's Kyler Murray, if anyone's interested in looking it up further. But, yeah, I just thought that was an interesting little tidbit. I mean, I can only imagine that if he managed to be actually get around enough loopholes to be a multi-sport athlete in this day and age, oh. Nike would would die. Oh, gosh, literally. Like, they would die. Literally. <laughs> Because they yeah, shit themselves all... over Bo Jackson. There's right. no chance this that they would give this opportunity up. Yeah. No, they'd be all over it for sure. Yeah. So. Okay. Cool update. Yeah. It's probably um, one of the few times we'll actually talk about college sports. Yeah, it is. And it's not really about college sports. It's nope. more about the athletes. So. <laughs> Just one person. Yeah. Um, okay. So we're going to do one last hockey moment. I know I said no male hockey this week, but... Technically, I guess this tangentially is mostly because I want to talk about Snoop Dogg. Mm. Um, I don't know. Naturally. Naturally, that's an obvious connection. Um, So this weekend, the LA Kings played the Vegas Golden Knights and Snoop Dogg commentated. I love it. Literally, like, what an amazing idea. Yeah. I will watch more LA Kings games, even though they're terrible this year, just so I can hear Snoop Dogg commentate. Yeah. He was having a blast. They brought him out onto the ice and then... um, he ended up commentating briefly, like on a little play-by-play during a fight. Um, hang on, I'm gonna see if I can play it a little bit. Oh, oh I'm sorry, they're playing. Hang on, I gotta pause. They're actually playing the Pittsburgh Penguins. Sorry, sorry. Not the Vegas Golden Knights. Not the Vegas Golden. They all kind of look similar. Yeah. So one second. 
Sticks, man, let's get cracking, man, to the middle of the ring. Let's go. Number three wanted. I like that. Who is number three for us? Dion for up. Dion, go get cracking, Dion. Yeah, him. go get him, Dion. Get him, Dion. Move, Dion. Get out the way. Go get him. Here we go. go get him. Still, still charm with him. I, like, I love it. Yeah, I literally it's, love it's it. It's amazing. I am really into that. It's amazing. First of all, I love the fact that he's so into what's happening. Yeah. Um, and this is such a great way to get more people to watch hockey. Seriously. Make Snoop Dogg an ambassador. In yeah. fact, make him at the because the All Star break's actually coming up for hockey. I think next week or the week after. Like, get Snoop Dogg in. Have him host the whole thing. Yeah. Maybe make him the commissioner of the NHL. <laughs> <laughs> so many great suggestions coming out of the Cleats and Cocktails podcast. Yeah, right like NHL, hire us. <laughs> Add us. Slide into our DMs. Yeah. We got amazing ideas. Um, oh, that concludes that, pick six for this that, week. Though. That does. That was a really great conclusion. I won't lie. I am into it. Um, okay, moving over into our new segment, 10 Things I Hate About Sports. Um, I don't know if there will be 10 things. There might be more than 10 things. I'm sure there are. But essentially, yeah. this uh, segment is really just meant to talk about some things that when we're watching sports, we're just like, like what the actual fuck? Like, this is annoying. Yeah, also to be fair, um, I like to complain a lot. So, And I feel like on this pod, we do a lot of not complaining, which yeah. is a big departure for me. So this feels very natural to yeah. bring in something I hate. Totally. Um, so something that came up this weekend, we were getting ready to leave to go to the bar to watch the uh, NFL playoff game. Yeah. And so we're all like getting organized and we just happened to have a college basketball game on the TV. It was Duke against Florida State. And so there's like, I don't know, 30 seconds left in the game. So the guys are like, oh, let's just finish the game. Like see how it ends. It was a close game, whatever. So we turn it on or we're carry on watching it. Everyone's getting organized. Some people have shoes on. Some people have jackets on. Like we're just, you know, 30 seconds. We're good to go. Yeah. And it just goes on forever. Like an actual forever. Yeah. Like, I mean, it was probably like 10 minutes, but it felt like forever. For 30 seconds of play, though, 10 minutes is unacceptable, especially given it is the middle of winter. It was fucking freezing this weekend, and we all had our winter coats on. Exactly. We were sweating our balls off by the end. Yeah. So, yeah, this is just such a common theme in basketball. Like, you'll see like 10 seconds left on the clock, and then they take 800 timeouts, and it lasts forever and it's so, so annoying, annoying but it happens all the time yeah so um i'm sure if you've ever watched a basketball game you may feel the same way like especially if you're with a group of people who are really into it and you're kind of not and you're like oh let's just have this game end already like why is it lasting forever there are like actual strategies as to why you use it um like We'll talk about it. Meg's going to give a quick, like, breakdown of what timeouts look like, and then we'll talk a little bit about why we use, they use them the way they do. Yeah, so, I mean, I mean, essentially, the reason it takes so long is because people are, t- like, teams are taking timeouts. Yeah, so- I should also point out that, like, NBA does a terrible job of actually timing their timeouts. Like, it seems like, in theory, it should be, whatever, the 75 seconds in length, but, it, like, they're always, like, two or three minutes long. Right. Somebody will review a play, and then the refs aren't back on the court yet, and even though the horn goes off, no one's actually really moving. Like, yeah. it's just... Get your asses back out on the court. Yeah, it's terrible. Um, yeah, so we're mostly going to focus on the actual NBA rules for this, not college basketball, because... They make, they make no sense. We're not even going to tackle college yeah, basketball. no. I mean, we'll probably have to when March Madness comes, but for now, we won't uh, tackle it at all. Um, but essentially, yeah, so teams are taking timeouts at the end of the game if it's a close game, because then they get the stop, like the clock will stop, right? So if they've got the ball, they're going back and forth, whatever the case may be, the clock's running down, and so if they're running out of time, they take a timeout, the clock stops, and then they actually get to inbound the ball, um, from the sideline, so they get like a few extra seconds to think about like where am I going to inbound this 
ball to which player and the clock isn't running until they actually throw the ball in. So, yeah. So I think, um, the timeouts are all 75 seconds in length, but again, as Daniela said, it doesn't always feels like that. Yeah. It feels way longer. Um, they're only allowed two timeouts each in the final three minutes, which, like, is kind of also hard for me to believe because I feel like they take 800. Well, I would think, like, so if you get two timeouts each, that's four timeouts they're taking in the last three minutes. Right. And then that also doesn't include if they need to review plays. And right. so, like, it just, it fucking drags, man. Yeah. And, like, the other thing is that you can use it strategically because, and I need to, I haven't quite figured out where the line is but for the most part if you take a timeout in like the last two minutes you can advance the ball which means that you can even if you take the timeout in your own end you can start the play when it resumes after the timeout in your opponent's end right which means you save like precious precious seconds of having to bring the ball up the court right still don't know like the, the rules actually changed like a year and a half ago or two years ago and I still can't quite figure out when you're allowed to inbound it used to be based on the the timeout length that you took but they changed that so anyways just know that if you see them take a timeout and suddenly they start on the opposite side of the court it's because they're able to inbound the ball right after advancing it yeah yeah so I mean that's the general reason they're doing it it makes sense when you think about it it's just as a viewer it's annoying because you're just like holy cow just play the freaking like six seconds that are left on the clock and it's actually shocking like what they think they can do with the smallest amount of time and I guess sometimes miraculously things happen and you can get a shot off and like you know, 0.5 seconds, the ball gets hit to you and you just jack it for three. Like right. sometimes you, and miracles like, happen. And if once it leaves your hand, if the clock goes before it hits the net, that still counts, right? Because it only, it's from when it left your hand. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, makes sense, but annoying as a viewer oh when you're God. trying to just wrap it up and get to the bar to watch the next sports game. Yeah. And also, like, it's it's really tough for the fans in the stadium, too, because it's like, you're like, this game is almost over. I need to go get my car out of the parking lot that I'm already going to spend a half an hour in the parking lot. I just want to get home. But if the game is close, you can't really leave because a timeout can legit change whether you win the game or not. Right. It's awful. And like, I'm actually, I am glad that they changed the rules so that there's like a more structured timeout where like everything is the same length because it really caused, like what you would see is like somebody would score, they would foul, the other team would foul them to stop the clock they would the team would take foul shots and then they take a timeout. Mm-hmm. So it would just be like stoppage after stoppage after stoppage after stoppage. And if each team has four timeouts to give, you're literally sitting for like a half an hour waiting for the game to end. Yeah, it's brutal. And one of the biggest gripes I've heard about basketball in general is like nothing matters except the last two minutes. And like mm-hmm. I understand why people say that. Yeah. Because like it really is hard to like when those games happen, they drag. Yeah. We complain about happen- that happening in the NFL. Let alone, like, because the, the NFL does drag really badly in the last two minutes, too. Yeah, it does. So, yeah. anyways, that's our gripe about yeah. NBA. Yeah, so that's um, that concludes our 10 things we hate about sports segment. I just changed it to we because I feel like that's better because there's two of us. Oh, so, yeah, okay. 10 things we hate about sports. Yeah, this was part one of 10, probably 30. Yeah, <laughs> precisely. And moving on. Um, so we are going to jump into a pop culture segment here that we are going to call Top of the Pops, which when Taniela suggested the name, I was like, oh, that sounds cute. I'm into it. But I like didn't actually think it had a meaning. Turns out it does. 
Oh my god, I, I'm shocked that you actually didn't know Top of the Pops because it was on Much Music all the time. Um, if anyone used to watch Much Music in the 90s, BBC in England used to do what they call Top of the Pops. So when somebody reached like the top of their charts or they sold a certain number of albums, they got invited to perform on Top of the Pops. And they had like a whole performance, they invited an audience. I just remember like the Spice Girls performed on it, Robbie Williams performed on it. It was like absolutely epic. I don't know. So I just like, that was like the iconic thing is when you made it to top of the pops, it meant that you had like made it as a pop star. Yeah. Well, if you make it to top of the pops on cleats and cocktails, then you've obviously made it. As yeah. You've star. made it to the upper echelon <laughs> of celebrity status when you've made it onto our podcast. <laughs> totally. Um, okay. Well, starting off with a bang, um, I watched the season premiere of say yes to the dress because I had set my PBR on auto record of it last year before I got married. Um, so that I could like obviously stay up on obviously. the wedding dress trends and then I just didn't take the auto record off so it just recorded so then it just showed up on my PVR so I was like <gasps> yes I'll watch it obviously do you have like 300 episodes un- like of just unwatched no because I have it set on um, only new episodes so it <gasps> doesn't do like old ones yeah because okay. I don't really care about the old shit I've probably seen them all so totally. new ones so anyways so on the premiere um, Steph Curry's sister Sidel Curry was on there she just got engaged so she was trying to find a wedding dress and so Steph Curry um, wife Aisha Curry who we've mm-hmm. talked about before flawless um, was on there because she's her maid of honor and so then Aisha and Steph's daughter Riley who we've also talked about because she's adorable was on there like helping her aunt pick out a wedding dress and like it was so cute she's such and a and she was so fired up and so basically um, what I learned from this episode is that Riley Curry is basically my spirit animal in a five year old <laughs> child because let me explain so essentially, she picks out this dress for her aunt to try on, and it is like the biggest, poofiest, sparkliest dress ever. Yeah. Which is exactly what I would choose. Totally. So, number one, check. So then, her aunt's trying on all these other dresses, and she's just like, okay, come on, like, move it or lose it, like, get in the sparkly big dress. And even the, like, consultants at, say, at um, Kleinfeld's were like, um, well, it seems like your niece Riley's, like, getting a little antsy, you might as well try on her dress. So she does, so she comes out, and Riley's so excited, and she loves it, and, like, it's definitely not the dress, but (laughs) Riley is thrilled. Um, so then she goes back, she's trying on other dresses. Next thing you know, Riley's asleep because all the <laughs> anticipation of waiting for this dress just totally took everything out of her. Oh my God. Taking a nap. Such anywhere. a five-year-old response, right? Yeah. And also, hi, my favorite thing to do is sleep, basically. Sometimes um, in public. Yeah, sometimes in public. Cue dinner after the Browns game in Cleveland. Fell asleep at the table. So not afraid <laughs> to sleep in public places. Check. Um, okay, so then we move on. So there's so many clips of, like, um, Sidel coming out in all these dresses and Riley's just passed out on her mom's lap, like, on the Kleinfeld's oh couch. Just doesn't give a shit. Just sleeping. And so then, finally, her aunt finds the dress, picks the dress. So they all kind of wake her up, like, Riley, she's got the dress on. So then she, like, kind of comes up and, it, like, is just very much like, oh, like, why are you guys bothering me? Like, stretching out her arms, like, yawning, <laughs> just like, oh, like, what's such a happening? Diva. Yeah, just such a diva. And so, like, basically everyone's just waiting for her reaction to the dress. And she's just, like, taking her time, stretching, <laughs> yawning. So then she's like, oh, yeah, like, that's good, cool. Like, and then they do the whole, are you saying yes to the dress? Yeah. And then meanwhile, you can just see her in the background still just, like, trying to wake herself up. And, like, oh my God. yeah, literally adorable. And the dream. I think you're a little bit sad that Riley didn't consult on your wedding dress. Yeah, I, I definitely am. <laughs> Very happy with my wedding dress, but it would have been nice to have her as a consultant. It's a great call. Yeah. So, um, yeah. She's awesome. Yeah. Great. 
great <laughs> lead into uh, Top of the Pops. Yeah. Um, okay, so jumping into a completely unrelated story. I don't know if anybody's been following this, but um, I obviously participated in it. Somebody came up with the concept of beating out Kylie Jenner's most liked picture on Instagram of all time. I think it was of Stormy, wasn't it? Her daughter. I think it had like 18 million likes or something. And somebody decided they needed to beat that. So they created an account called World Record Egg, and it's just a picture of an egg. Wow. With the ability, like just basically telling people like, let's knock off Kylie Jenner from the most liked Instagram picture of all time. Wow. And it has. Wow, that's aggressive. Like it's basically almost doubled it. It's at like 32 million right now. Wow. Yeah, I was one of those likes. Not even mad about it. I was definitely not. Didn't know anything about it. Yeah, one picture of an egg. Wow. It also, like, account has only that picture and has three and a half million followers. Wow. So, that happened. Hmm. The internet is a weird place. It really is. <laughs> yeah. You know? It's funny that, like, so many people band together just to make Kylie Jenner's photo not the most liked photo. Yeah. And then, like, that many people just liked a photo of an egg. Like, the whole concept is just strange. And that many people like the photo of Kylie and her daughter, too. Right. Like, there's just... Yeah, Instagram is a weird one, man. It really is. I like it, though. Yeah, you know, so that story contributed nothing to anyone's lives, but thought it was worth mentioning. Definitely. Also worth mentioning, because she's my girl, Sarah Highland was on Ellen on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> Love her. Sarah Highland update, guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, actually, well, this is a little side note, but basically the other day I was talking with... Greg about watching Instagram stories and so I was telling him how I mostly just watch Instagram stories of my friends and then also Sarah Highland and Caitlin Bristow and then he said so you just watch stories of your friends and I was like thanks for calling them my friends yeah like I'm fairly sure that if you had your ultimate bridal party it would be Riley Curry Sarah Highland and Caitlin Bristow <laughs> like actually I mean I do really like them from afar but <laughs> <laughs> Who knows if I would like them as much if I knew them in person, you know? So, but anyways, Sarah Highland was on Ellen and basically it was a similar interview to the self interview that I talked about before. Uh, she talked a lot about her health and those sorts of things. Um, she also talked about her relationship with Wells, which I mentioned previously. I'm super into. And she clarified how they met, which I kind of had speculated on when I talked about her previously and I was not correct. Um, essentially what happened is she's been like watching The Bachelor and all The Bachelor spinoff shows for years, like oh. for since she was a teenager. She was just really into it like her and her mom would watch it she said and so she like somebody said something about wells like reading a book or something and she tweeted some like smarky snarky response about like oh like he has dimples and he can read or something like that and then he like saw that she did that because i think she like tagged him in it so then he dm'd her and then they started talking and then they hit it off wow yeah so interesting can someone slide into our dms and make us famous yeah that would be great that'd be so cool yeah Okay. So, yeah. So, that's Sarah Highland. I'm into her. We all know that. Yeah. Moving on. I don't think it's a secret at this point. No. She might be our mascot. Actually, Riley Curry is the mascot of <laughs> yeah, this she's pod. Gotta be. Um, yeah. So, finally, on top of the pops, it happened literally today. Chris Pratt got engaged. Huh. A casual seven months after starting to date Katherine Schwarzenegger. Um, don't even... Like, has he put the pen down from signing his divorce paper? Before and getting engaged to her, like I, out of curiosity? I would think not, if I had to guess. Like, that ink is still wet. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, um, I guess cool for them. Yeah. They seem very together, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> you know? I, mean, I would hope so. I, I don't know. The, you know what? I don't really care what anyone does with their lives. I think the thing that, for me, is just like, do you have to get engaged? Right. Like, 
why not just date? Also, it's Hollywood. Does anyone's marriage last at this point? I know. Save for, like, Goldie Hawn. Uh, hopefully Miley and Liam's does. Yeah, I know. I'm rooting for them. Me too. She's kind of insufferable, but, like, I'm oh, kind of rooting for Oh, I love her. I'm really into her new song. Is that the Nothing With, Breaks Like a Heart yeah. song? Oh, my God, me too. Yeah, really and I'm not like a big it. fan of her music. Yeah, no, I really like it. I know. I really like her. Yeah. Ish. I wasn't into her whole, like, bangers era phase when, like, her tongue was out and, like, all of that. Oh. It just felt, like, a little bit, like... She contrived was she was trying really yeah. yeah whereas like I'm into whatever vibe Miley's got going on this time with yeah. her like mom jeans and her yeah. like yeah I'm into this era of Miley yeah. me too and Liam Hemsworth is a fucking snack yeah oh he's a whole <laughs> meal <laughs> oh my goodness um yeah Okay, so we're going to move on to, I mean, we're still staying in the realm of pop culture-ish. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, But this is a segment we're going to call Movie Minute. And so, as Taniela previously mentioned, we are coming into Oscar season. The Oscars are at the end of February. I think it's like the 27th or something is yeah. the Sunday. Um, and so, I'm not even sure when the noms get announced. Because they haven't be been soon. yet, but it should be soon. Because yeah. they have to release all the screeners so everybody can vote. Yeah, I think it's like early February. Mm. Like, maybe right after the Super Bowl or something. Like, the week after mm, the Super Bowl. Yeah, something like that. Anyways, but um, essentially, I think it was two weeks ago. Last last Sunday, not this past Sunday. The Sunday before was the Golden Globes. And, and the so, Critics' Choice Awards just happened, too. Yes. And so, usually, the Golden Globes is a bit of a precursor for what's going to be nominated at the Oscars. So, um, it's a thing. Greg and I always try to watch all the Oscar nominees. Yeah, you guys do the same thing. Yeah. So, um, spinning off uh, Sarah Hyland being on Ellen, so was Timothy Chalamet, who's uh, in Beautiful Boy. I love him. I know. He is... He's so stupidly talented. He really is. Also, a little bit of an awkward interview. Like, just like, he's... Just, yeah, just a little awkward, but... I mean, I'm not surprised, though. Yeah. He kind of looks a bit awkward, but yeah. no, I'm so into him. Yeah. And his sparkly harness he wore to the Golden Yeah, Gold. I know, they talked about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, anyways, so we... Yeah, so he was in Beautiful Boy with um, Steve Carell, mm-hmm. and so that's the movie that we watched last night, and um, so I'll give a... Oh, so Tanielle's going to set a timer for me. I have 60 minutes to give you a... Brief overview. Hang on, 60 uh, seconds. Sorry, not 60 minutes. sorry, sorry. 60 seconds. This plot is not three hours long. <laughs> 60 seconds to give you a brief overview of what this was about. And go. Go. Okay, so again, it stars Timothy Chalamet and Steve Carell, and it is a really intense drama, very emotional, gives you all the feels. Um, essentially, it is based on a true story um, for about a guy who developed an addiction to crystal meth, so at 18 years old. So he started out just like, average kid parents split up when he was young um but essentially just like you know went to school did all the normal things but started doing drugs like on a casual basis and then next thing you know he's addicted to crystal meth so like in and out of rehab that sort of thing so there's a book that the the guy actually wrote the his name's nick um the dad or the son the son Mm -hmm. and then the dad also wrote a book and so the movie is kind of a combo so it's both perspectives from the dad's perspective and the son's perspective and it's like really um really great like it's it's just like it's so emotional right from the very start like I was just like well obviously I was crying throughout because that's just (laughs) standard um but essentially it's just a really intense intense movie and they both give really great oh gosh I'm over you have to cut me off no I figured I would see how long it took you to get to it all right you're in 108 Also, you were, like, really in the moment there, know. you know? I don't want to cut that off. Be like, time. <laughs> That's what you have to do, though. That's the game. <laughs> oh, anyways, they get my vote for actors. 
awards. Both of them? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I don't know if they're going to be nominated, but they were both great. So. I would be surprised if Timothy Chalamet isn't nominated. I would think he would be, um, and I don't know about Steve Carell, but Steve Carell in a drama. I was impressed. Yeah. He's kind of also become like a silver fox, hey? Totally. Like, he's very much taken George Clooney's crown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm into it. Yeah, me too. Definitely into it because he's also freaking hilarious. Yeah, he's awesome. So, like, when he's interviewed, he can, like, be super funny. Yeah. But then he's also, like, so good in a serious drama. Into it. All right. Okay. So, you can intro yours before you start the summary. Yes. Um, I watched The Favorite last weekend? Two weekends ago? Yeah. I feel like there's another Oscar movie I watched already, but for the life of me, cannot tell you what it was, so it probably just shows it wasn't that good. Um, yeah, The Favorite. Do you want to hit the yeah, timer? Okay, Let's just and go. go. So it stars Olivia Coleman as Queen Anne, and then um, Rachel Weiss and Emma Stone. Oh. Do you know which movie I'm talking about now? Yeah. Okay, so it's a period piece. It's set in the era of Queen Anne, which is, oh my God, Nick's going to kill me for getting this wrong. The 18th century? 19th century? Something like that. Um, anyways, so basically the concept is that, which I ended up reading about, is that the queen, rather than doing all of her royal duties herself, would totally hire somebody as their favorite, who would basically represent them in, like, matters of state, I guess. So anyways, it's a story about how Rachel Weiss was the favorite, and then her cousin Emma Stone shows up looking for work, and Emma Stone tries to weasel her way into becoming the favorite. It's really good. Um, it's Cinematography is beautiful. The costumes are beautiful. The acting's amazing. And yet, I found myself staring at my phone a lot. Oh. Which was so strange, and I couldn't figure it out. Wh- figure out why. Nick did the exact same thing. Like I, I really liked the movie, and yet it couldn't hold my attention, and I do not know why. But I would recommend watching it because the performances are really excellent. Like Olivia Coleman's a fucking queen, and she actually won the Golden Globe. And time. <laughs> you were like about a minute and eight as well. Okay, so we're close. Yeah, we're, it's not we're bad. Close to sixty seconds. Um, yeah, no, I definitely, now that you start talking about it, I've definitely heard about it, and I definitely did see stuff about it on the Golden Globes. Also, um, Taylor Swift's boyfriend's in the movie, Joe Alwyn. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, he, uh, he's in it, and I saw him, and I was like, oh, that's Taylor Swift's boyfriend, and Nick's like, who? I'm like, the vanilla-looking dude. <laughs> I am, that's the one. Um, so, <laughs> he's yeah. in it, too, in case you're a Swifty and feel like you need to contribute to that. Um... But yeah, no, it was good. I just like, yeah, I don't know why I kept looking at my phone. Can't hmm. figure it out. But it, I recommend watching it. It's good. My to- recommendation would be the next time you watch a movie is to put both of your phones in the other room. So it's like feels like you're at the movie theater and you actually like can't look at your phone. Because if you look at the movie, at your phone in a movie theater, then. Oh, I know what movie we both watched that was Oscar buzzworthy was A Star is Born. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Oh, God. So good. Yeah. Like, just we can't get into that right now. We no, we need to end this podcast. We don't have time, but it's amazing. Um, yeah, so we didn't mention this last week, but we are still looking for any questions that people might have. Yep. You can email us, cleatsandcocktails at gmail.com. Um, follow us on Instagram, follow us on Twitter. I don't even know, do we post on Twitter? A little bit. Every once in a while I'll tweet. Also, I should note, um, the, for our Twitter handle, it's cleats and cocktails, not cleats and. Didn't know that Twitter had a character limit on your handle. Ah, so it's like cleats and cocktails. Yeah, exactly. Because I had it at cleats and cocktails and opened it up one day and it just said cleats and C. And I was like, the fuck is this? <laughs> so that was wrong for a bit. But yeah, uh, cleats and cocktails. Okay. And then Instagram is cleats and cocktails. Yeah, man. Come yeah. follow us. Okay. Give us a like. Thanks for listening, everyone. Also, we're off next week because Megan's going to be tanning in the Dominican. But oh, we'll yeah. We'll be back in two weeks. Yeah. Sorry. I'll be thinking of all of you while I'm there. You <laughs> totally won't. I know. Okay, bye. Okay, cheers. Bye.